You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. In conversations I've had and people that I've met, one of the criticisms that I've discovered that unchurched neighbors that I have and unchurched people that I meet have about church is, this is just one of the issues or criticisms, is is this, it's all talk about spirit and soul and there's nothing practical. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, something like that or had a conversation like that, but I've heard that numerous times. It's like, it's all this talk about spirit and soul and nothing practical. And so, so, so the question is, what's the difference between spirit and soul? Like, is there a difference? Like, what do you think? Well, what is it? What is the spirit? What is the soul? When we ask for uh, questions from real people, like real questions from real people, um, to do this series, frequently asked questions. This is one of those questions that came up. What's the difference between spirit and soul? And it's a good question because seeking answers to our questions about faith, God, and life lead us to renew our hearts and minds to become more like Jesus. And that's our goal. And the soul and the human spirit are the non-physical essence of what makes us more like Jesus. So the so let's talk about these words, spirit and soul, and then we'll dig into some scripture in just a few minutes. Hebrews chapter 4, if you want to grab a Bible and turn there, we'll be there in just a few minutes. But let's talk about these two words first, spirit and soul. Now, the Bible's originally written in two basic languages, Hebrew and Greek, what we call Old Testament, predominantly written in Hebrew, what we call New Testament, predominantly written in Greek. And so let's look at these words in the context of these ancient languages uh, and understand what the scriptures are saying before we just apply what, how, what we think and what we feel about these two words. So the main word that translates as spirit in Hebrew is ruach. In Hebrew, the word that translates as spirit is ruach. And ruach means, it, it, well, it's the same word as breath and wind. Spirit, breath, wind, ruach. Same exact word. So if we see wind, if we see breath, if we see spirit used in in our Old Testament, it's the word ruach, same word. But now there's also this Hebrew word ob, and ob it's 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 used to mean spirit, but it's used as like a phrase, like they had a family spirit. It's in the spirit of their fathers. It literally means to mumble a father's name. The word ob, which means like of a family spirit, it means to mumble a father's name. Now, when we talk about the difference between spirit and soul, that's not typically the kind of what we're talking about, right? It's that first part. So in Greek, which is our New Testament, the main word translated as spirit is pneuma. Numa, and numa is it's 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 the same thing. Uh, it means breath and breeze, spirit, breath, breeze. So if you see spirit, breath, or breeze, or wind in in, in the New Testament, it's this word numa. There's also a second Greek word translated as spirit. It's a whole different kind of thing. It's the word phantasma. Phantasma means to appear. Think of the word phantasm. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, it's only used in the New Testament in the story of Jesus walking on the water. It's found in, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 26, and Mark chapter 6, verse 49. It's the only place, the only story is found in the same story found in two places that this word phantasm is, uh, phantasma is used uh, as the word spirit in the New Testament to appear. It's like Jesus walking on the water and then they, and they see him, they think he's a ghost or a spirit phantasm. Okay. Now let's talk about the word soul. In Hebrew, the word soul is nefesh. Nefesh is used in describing breathing creatures, literally means to be given breath. So spirit means breath and wind. 
Nefesh means to be given breath. Um, now, this is the word soul. Now, if we get to the Greek word, the re- Greek word that translates as soul is suke. And suke means the heart and mind. So we've got a little bit different uh, idea going on here. It's not, And they're not separate either. It's not heart and mind. Thoughts and feelings are separate. They're all combined in the idea of suke, the soul. So maybe in this case, it's pretty much, maybe it's just a matter of semantics. The human spirit, the human soul... Uh, which are depicted as two different aspects of humanity, the two are so closely entwined that we can't really see a difference, maybe. But but both spirit and soul refer to the non-physical part of what makes us us. So my study through this led me to this scripture. There's a lot of scriptures, and kind of mentioned a few of those as we talked about those the words spirit and soul. But this scripture kind of just just came out and spoke to me how why is it important to to think about our spirit and soul why is it important to nourish our soul and and live by uh, uh, the spirit well hebrews chapter 4 verses 9 through 16 this was originally written to um these hebrew these jewish followers of jesus not so they would not hold so tightly to their past so that they they can't live in the present it's like don't hold so tightly to the past you can't live in the present to live in the truth that jesus had died for our sins and to firmly hold to that that's the context so here we go hebrews 4 verse 9 so there's a special rest still waiting for the people of god for all who have entered into god's rest have rested from their labors just as god did after creating the world so let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. Here we go. You get that? The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It's, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have this great high priest, Jesus, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and he and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So that scripture we're going to kind of bounce back to for the next few minutes is with with this big idea becoming more like jesus starts within you and then is expressed outwardly too many times too often we think of being a christian or following jesus as all these outward things and here's what we need to really remind ourselves of here becoming more like jesus starts within you and then is expressed outwardly so let's talk about this the spirit and the soul the spirit needs rest the spirit needs rest. What I want you to do real real quick with me is just taking a deep breath. And exhale. Do that again. Breathe in. And exhale. 
It feels so good. I'm going to do it one more time. Breathe in. And exhale. Doesn't it feel good to just breathe? To take a deep breath? The writer of Hebrews says, There is this special rest called Sabbath. The Sabbath awaits the people of God. The writer is bringing a key cultural religious practice to the attention of the reader. God has established the Sabbath as a day when the people would cease from their labors. So, Because Sabbath literally means rest, to cease. The writer was taking something very familiar and equating it with the relationship between Jesus and the human spirit. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Mosaic law. Jesus is now the rest. Jesus is the Sabbath rest of this new covenant. Breathe it in. We live in a world where we often feel so disconnected from the Creator and from each other. And when we look at the pace at which we live, it's easy to see why we feel that disconnect. We go and we go and we go and we go and we go, and, the, and, and God created the human spirit to live within the rhythm of creation. Work, play, rest, repeat. Work, play, rest, repeat. Work, play, rest, repeat. Too often, our rhythm is work, 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 play a few minutes, pass out from exhaustion, repeat. (laughs) Or play, 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 work because we have to, pass out from exhaustion, repeat. (laughs) There's this quote I found, the, the author is unknown, or at least I couldn't find the author, but the quote is, the human spirit needs places where nature has not been rearranged by the hand of man. Do you get that? The human spirit needs places where where nature has not been rearranged by the hand of man. Your spirit needs rest. Your spirit needs to sit and watch squirrels play. Your, Your spirit needs to hike through a pine forest. Your spirit needs to listen to the waves of the ocean. How much of our spiritual disconnect is the result of being too busy or too tired to just rest and be? God is just giving heaven away if you pay attention. Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, because your spirit needs rest, and Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And Sabbath rest is a spiritual practice that many of us need to reclaim, just to rest. Now, the spirit and soul need God's word. At the essence of who you are, the spirit and soul, remember, it's the essence of what makes us us. It's what makes you, you. And at the, at the central to our spirit and soul is that we need God's word. Now, when we think of God's word, we often think of the Bible. And then there was a, a survey done last year in 2021 by uh, statista.com is where I found it. And they do a lot of surveys and stats. Obviously, that's stats are their thing. Um, is that 11% of Americans read the Bible daily. We think this is, we're a Christian nation and 11% of Americans read the Bible daily. Check this out though. Well, you know, like most of us, we oh well, we don't read the Bible. We read it, we read the Bible, we just don't read it daily. Okay. But twenty-nine percent of Americans, twenty-nine percent of Americans have never read the Bible. Never read the Bible at all. So the the same survey showed that most most frequent readers of the Bible are over the age of seventy. And millennials are least likely to have ever read Scripture. This doesn't seem to be trending in a very positive way. 
because the spirit and soul need God's word. Why is it, do you think, that so many people in our culture, including a high percentage of people who would call themselves Christians, do not read the scriptures? Well, the, the writer of Hebrews says that God's word is alive and powerful. It's like it's, it's active. The, the scriptures are more than written words. The scripture is, is alive and it's active. Scripture breathes spiritual life into the reader. Spirit, uh, scripture forms the heart of the reader to become more like the heart of Jesus. Scripture transforms the mind of the reader to have more wisdom and knowledge of the mind of Christ. The Word of God is alive and active in that it accomplishes the purpose for which God gave it to us. Millions of books have been written with, with words that may inspire my spirit and move my soul, but only the Scriptures make you whole. The purpose of Scripture is to put us in direct conversation with God. So, the writer of Hebrews uses the symbol of a two-edged sword to, to, to identify God's Word. The Word of God is the only thing capable of penetrating and separating the human spirit and soul. The spirit and the soul are so closely entwined that we see them as one and the same. But God's word is what we need to really get down to the deepest places at the core of who we are. The two edges of the sword are justice and mercy. God's word divides that which is full of selfishness and sin from that which is true and righteous. It judges and cuts off that which is sinful and at the core of my being. And I need it to do that. And it gives encouragement. And the hope of eternal rest to those who allow it to penetrate that core. Those who believe and live by the word of God will enter into that eternal Sabbath rest. With God's word, one purpose is justice, the other is mercy. Your spirit and soul craves the word of God, justice and mercy. And the question is, are you feeding that constant craving? And one more piece here that we find as we kind of follow in along with this scripture and where this, this conversation takes us is that the soul needs sacrifice. The soul needs sacrifice. Now that's kind of a, a strange statement. So I want to kind of dig into it a little bit more here with, with, with thinking of it on, on more, more physical terms. I have a friend named Daryl who years ago, Daryl had um, because of a disease that was in his body, had to have his leg amputated. And I can't imagine, I can't even begin to imagine having to go through that. But in, or, here, here's what, what it was like. I remember going to visit Daryl in the hospital. It was, it was you know, right after. I went in before and prayed with him and everything before they did the surgery. And I went in afterwards and everything was successful. And he was, he was kind of you know, uh, you know, done with all the, 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 not, the, the, the drugs were out of his system. He could have a coherent conversation. And I asked him, you know, how he was feeling, how, how, what his emotions were like and everything. And he said he was, he was, he had come to peace with this because in order for healing to happen, his body, in order for his entire body to have a chance to be healthy, his leg had to be sacrificed. He says, I, the doctor explained it to me. I really understood this in that this, the leg is infected and is going to infect my entire body. And the only way to keep my entire body from being infected is to sacrifice the leg. The leg can't be saved. The leg can't be healed. The leg, the leg is not getting better. In order to save all of me, I have to sacrifice this part, a vital part, an important part, a part where I have to relearn life without it but it's a sacrifice that needs to be made for the good of the whole i wonder 
How many of us uh, us really understand sacrifice on that kind of level? I know personally, that's a challenge for me to even try to fathom. But the writer of Hebrews goes on to encourage the readers to hold on firmly to belief in the death and the resurrection of Jesus by referring to Jesus as our great high priest. So we have to remember what the high priest did in this culture. People brought sacrifices to the temple. And the priest, a priest was required to make a sacrifice for them. They, they, there was a special place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. That is the only place the high priest could go and make sacrifices for all the people. And he would go only once a year. The high priest would go in once a year, make the sacrifice for all the people in the Holy of Holies. It was the sacred place. And the word sacrifice literally means to make sacred. The human soul, the heart and mind, were created to be like the Creator which is a simple way of understanding what it means to be sacred. Your thoughts and your feelings were created to be sacred, to be like the Creator. Psalm 51.17 says, The sacrifice you want is a broken spirit, and a broken spirit and a repentant heart, O God, you will not despise. See, the writer of these words expresses the deep need within the human condition to be right with God again, to come home to God Selfishness leads to sin, and sin leads to separation, or or we would use the word death. In the Torah, God instituted a system, a sacrificial system, where, (coughs) excuse me, in this this sacrificial sacrificial system, a perfect specimen of a lamb would be was to be brought, and its body, uh, it's perfect, no blemishes, nothing broken, nothing wrong with it, but then its body broken, and its blood spilled out in order to make one sacred again. The lamb would be the, your sacrifice in, in your place. And God desires that we have the righteousness he created for us. And this is the ultimate, this is the ultimate part of the covenant that is fulfilled in Jesus, Messiah. Second Corinthians 5 one said, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. He's talking about Jesus. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. The soul, the human heart and mind needs to be made sacred again. Jesus is the sacrifice that makes that reality and gives us hope. Jesus, our high priest, not only came to offer the sacrifice, but to offer himself as the sacrifice. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So what's the difference between the spirit and the soul? Well, the point is, it is in the spirit and soul that we become more like Jesus. That's the point. What's the difference? Well, the the difference isn't the point. The point is, it's there, the most innermost part, the, the essence of what makes you, you. This is here that we become more like Jesus. And becoming more like Jesus starts within you. And then, then's expressed outwardly. So, as a next step. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a challenge for this week. Take your take your Bible or take your Bible app and this week, maybe it's a chapter a day or or however you want to do it, but read Hebrews this week. Read this letter, this ancient letter that's found in the New Testament of our scriptures. Read Hebrews this week, and as you read it, meditate on the words as they pierce your spirit and soul. Meditate on the words. Write down your thoughts and your feelings. Let your spirit and your soul really connect with the words 
of the scripture of Hebrews. Father, connect with us. Connect our, connect our spirit and soul. Connect us at the innermost part of who we are. Lord, you created us to become more like you, and that is, that is fully about spirit and soul. And it is in our spirit and soul that we become more like Jesus. And that begins to affect what happens outwardly. Our actions, our behaviors, our words. Lord, these things that we, we focus on while neglecting the spirit and soul. And really, if we would just allow our spirit and soul to find rest in you, Lord, we would find ourselves looking and sounding so much more like you. And so, Lord, this week, lead us to words, lead us to scripture that feed our soul and help our spirit grow. Give us moments, Lord, where we can, we can rest and establish Sabbath rest in our lives. And begin to understand, Lord, that this may require sacrifice on our part, sacrifice of time, or sacrifice of energy, or sacrifice of a habit. Lord, lead us to become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you've been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.